Welcome to the Saltwater and Honey podcast. I'm Sheila. And I'm Lizzie. This podcast is all about what, Lizzie? Well, Sheila, let me tell you. It's about um, infertility, miscarriage, childlessness and faith. And we absolutely love hearing from you. So thank you so much for getting in touch. You can contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on our blog, saltwaterandhoney.org. Now, this week's episode, Lizzie, Islam and infertility, part two. Exciting times. Yeah, sadly, I wasn't able to be present at the discussion, but I've already had a little um, listen before everyone else. And um, I thought it was a really interesting podcast. It was it was so great to talk about um, like the relationship with God as you're going through decision making around treatment. Um, and also in particular, I really liked um, like the conversation about lament and like mm. crying out to God. And I thought that was like really powerful about um, like how you relate to God when life doesn't look like you expected it to. Yeah, it's it was so interesting to do because obviously these are conversations that we've been having for years together, Rosina, Nisa, and I. Um, but it was quite fun to actually go into a bit more kind of depth about it as well because you you forget like how much you have in common as people of faith, and it was it was just so enjoyable. I wish you'd been there. <laughs> I know it was it was. I thought you asked excellent questions. <laughs> <laughs> very professional um, but what was what again was really interesting is the the characters in the Quran that they talked about were actually mm. um the ones that we have in the bible and it mm. was actually their stories of like Mary and Zechariah um that mm. really spoke to them as well yeah uh, which I just found really interesting yeah you kind of want to go into more detail don't you about like all those different stories that we have in and how we unpick that and how we relate as Christians to those stories and as Muslims and oh it's just it's just brilliant I'd love more conversations like that um yeah so a good episode perhaps to listen to hopefully definitely I think like there's something for everyone to kind of take away from it whether like no matter kind of where you're at in in your stages of faith and just it's just great to have that kind of dialogue about faith and this struggle yeah and to remember again it's just that bigger reminder that you're not alone in the questions that you have yeah um so we're very similar wrestlings um with with kind of doubt and especially like yeah like um the decision around like what treatment to I think that would be a great podcast to look into a bit more about like yeah. the decision making behind what kind of treatment you yeah. do oh in the goodness. context of faith um definitely yeah because like yeah, there was no IVF in the bible which uh makes it quite tricky <laughs> like when <laughs> you're like faced with all these options yeah. um and, and like I think you made a really good point that actually the the ethics around that those decisions in the context of faith that that it would be a great thing for churches to kind of um, look at and talk about, not 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 just specifically infertility, but how do you make decisions in a world that mm. it's not the same as as when the Bible was written, mm. but you're still trying to live um, a life in in line with like God's will, mm. um, but there's no that sometimes there's just no clear direction, and I don't think we're necessarily that well equipped. I think that's to yeah. make decisions really good point. in that way. Really good. I mean, I, I think ethics is something we want to encourage churches 
well, all places of faith, I guess, to really be helping people work through. That would be great. And actually, speaking of talking about faith and infertility, we're going to be in the summer at New Wine, aren't we? Week two, doing a, a seminar. So if anyone's there, come and say hi. Um, Definitely. And, and our summer series, so the podcast is a bit different at the moment, isn't it? So we're, we're kind of working out what it looks like um, over the summer and then hopefully we'll have a lot of great stuff for people come the autumn and hopefully together yeah <laughs> yeah we need to be reunited soon like um, we need like a yeah, podcast it's... holiday just together <laughs> yeah yeah and just we could just keep it on record like the whole time you could just listen to us <laughs> eat crisps and drink wine <laughs> I mean like join us like it could be, yeah like I mean I think we've obviously got so much good stuff to say I mean there's there's nothing not of quality um in our conversation <laughs> if we do say so ourselves um, I know, I'm very modest oh. with it um yeah totally we've got so much yeah. to offer um there's so many more conversations to have and uh we really want to have them yeah. with you and so yeah be if people have got suggestions yeah and if well. you're enjoying the podcast apparently things you do are rate it on itunes or i don't really i don't really understand the world of podcasting but i think the comments and likes you get help i don't really know it seems so weird to even ask for those things like please love me <laughs> but yeah so if you do like it please share it tell us promote it who knows what will happen but um yeah. yeah no that would be great um yeah it's it's a real privilege to get to do and it this. really is um so, it really is so um we hope yeah. you enjoyed this episode and um let us know what you thought i'll talk to you later lizzie bye bye hello and welcome to saltwater and honey's podcast um this is part two of uh, our islam and infertility uh, episode with my lovely friends Anissa and Rosina. Hi. Hi guys. <laughs> Anissa sounds so excited. Um, so in this part we... we I am excited. You are, I know. <laughs> Limp hug. <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind of thing of what can I tell people that's going to help them? Well it's going to be a lot isn't it yes yeah. no pressure um, <laughs> so this part we really wanted to delve more into what it meant going through fertility issues as muslims and a christian here representing that little faith um as well and like seeing if we can find common threads as well and helping to understand the challenges that are faced um now anita you brought up uh, a conversation with your best friend about um how you doing IVF might have been it's haram like forbidden like not right um so how did you both how do you reconcile doing infertility like doing fertility treatment with your faith because you talked about the schools of thought so it might be helpful to expand on that for others I think when you speak to the local imams and people that obviously have the religious knowledge they will tell you that it's absolutely allowed, it's permissible, there's nothing stopping you from going through this treatment. You know, there's obviously rules and that you have to be in place, like especially of Muslim faith, as long as it's your body, your eggs and your husband's sperm and it's in a marriage, it's absolutely right. I mean, it's different when it's obviously, I know Sheila, you obviously went through the different route of having to have sperm donor, that wouldn't be allowed in Islam so that was that's the route that for me would have been completely not allowed so for me for, for me to only go through IVF was through 
it being using my husband's sperm I couldn't have gone through it I wouldn't have been allowed to go on through it had it been otherwise okay. so that's the route I was allowed to take and through research and through um, the consensus of my religion I did take it so yeah I feel absolutely 100% what I did was within my religious boundaries and I have absolutely no doubts about it yeah I, I don't think I can add any more to that really yeah. I, I won't lie though initially this is you know me naive Raz you know who thought everyone gets pregnant you know it's easy kind of thing mm-hmm. um the whole concept of IVF didn't stick with me um and I always was like oh well you know you know you, you know religious people say it's God's will and non-religious people will say to you well it's science it's a statistic um and that's what I believed. I believed it was God's will. So if God wants you to have children, you will have children. So why do you need to have IVF? And that was me being very naive about, you know, the, the technicalities of how you get pregnant. So when I looked into it, when I needed to, unfortunately, I, I, I kind of feel a bit bitter about that, a bit sad about that, that I only looked into it when I needed to, rather than actually educating myself about it. Mm-hmm prior to you know wanting to have a baby actually our faith islam is very open to the idea of seeking help um when it comes to wanting to conceive a child or it's like when you're sick and you need to go to the doctor and people will argue and they'll say to you well in the time of prophet muhammad you know peace be upon him he didn't go to the doctor he used remedies at home well in the time of the prophet peace be upon him um, the NHS didn't exist. GPs didn't exist. That's what they had to do. They had to use things like vinegar and salt and things like that. They had to use home remedies because that's what they had. Mm-hmm. But they all Islam also says that you know if you have something in front of you and it's allowing you to progress healthily, use it. Mm-hmm. So why not? It's interesting. I think like you have a more um, like it's quite clear cut. In much more ways than mm. for Christians, mm. it's it's a little bit more vague, and therefore that's how you can have a Christian who would mm. use a sperm donor and a Christian who would believe that even doing IVF would be mm. wrong. Mm. So it's it's quite interesting. Like there's almost like your imam sounds like he's really helpful, mm. um, and I wish like I I think that's where it would be wonderful in churches more that we talked about this more. Like, and I think it's an education thing. Same thing, thing. with mosques yeah. as well. Like, yeah. if we could have these conversations in our places of worship so that we um, were actually informed like, and, yeah. and had that space, it would be quite helpful. I think this, this, the, 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 there are many grey areas in all religions yeah. about lots of different things. Yeah. And I suppose what you're saying is really that's a grey area. People aren't sure. Yeah. And it's your interpretation of it, isn't it? And I, I we take part in a um, couples retreat and there was a really brilliant um, talk about the ethics of fertility treatment because I think that is something everyone wants. Everyone wants to do what is right, yeah. don't they? You yeah. want to be right before God in making the right choices. And one of the main things that I remember taking away from it was just... God judges the heart. So like the motivation of your heart is so important. You may make a wrong decision, but what was your heart's intention? You know, like where is the motivation behind that? Which obviously you could take to extremes, right? But I I found that really encouraging, like to go, actually, is my heart wanting to be in line with God's or is it that I selfishly am looking at what I need? You know, like, and it's... We we have... um, going off a bit but 
it kind of brings me back to infertility is um, we have like a, a prayer and it's called istikhara. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, if you're seeking help from God, and you know, we seek help from God all the time, but if there's something that's a really niggling point and you think, I just don't know, mm -hmm. there's a special prayer that you can pray over several evenings or days. And the whole idea of it is, is where you say to God, right, I'm leaving this to you now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want you to leave me with a sign or a dream or something where I will know whether this is right for me. And if it isn't right for me, then I want you to take it away from me. Mm. So I, for instance, I used this when I met my husband mm. um, because I just wasn't sure. Um, mm. And you ladies know about, you know, me getting married. I mean, <laughs> guys, this is another blog post, podcast, whatever you want to call it. You know, if you ever want to know, just let, let Sheila know. Um, but I met a lot of people. Um, did you? I met did you? Really? <laughs> well, we, we went into double figures. Let's just put it there. Um, but when I met my husband, I, I knew in my heart, kind of, he was the one. But my brain was telling me, no, this is too good to be true. And I used Istakara to say to God, right, God, you, you've, you've put this man in front of me. He has, he ticks all the boxes, you know, that massive, that long Wilkinson's tick list. But is he really the right person for me? Am I going into this? Is this right for me? And it was the same with infertility. Mm. When it came to making that decision of whether we really wanted to pursue IVF to get to what we wanted, was, which was to have a baby, I used and I prayed you know and Istikara and I said to God right I, I I want this but I'm not sure whether this is right for me mm. and I want you to leave me with a sign or a feeling of some sort um and it's not something that happens you know it's not like an angel comes to your mm. window it, well it's not that you know it's also like a sense it's of not peace obvious. I think yeah like, from yeah. a Christian perspective I've always felt when a decision yeah feels right to move forward it's that sense of peace that's exactly it and for me with IVF what happened was was I was praying two days later it was Friday it was the you know which is one of the holiest days of the week um and when I opened the Quran um I opened it up to the chapter of Maryam who is Mary in Islam um and Mary in Jesus in Christianity and that for me was a sign yeah um, that was God telling me that, you know, it's okay. Um, you know, Miriam, Mary, they, they prayed and they were blessed. Okay, that's that so will take us on to something else. I well, know. no, but um, it's interesting the story of Mary was important to you because it's important to me and Ellis mm -hmm. in that when we weren't sure what we were going to do, uh, when we'd first moved to Cambridge, we'd gone on this uh, college, did a prayer weekend and we were pretty, we were still quite fragile. It was like the February after we'd moved. So we, we still had a long time before anything could happen, if anything was. We weren't sure if we were going to use a donor or whether we were going to look at adoption. And on this prayer weekend, there was, um, I can't remember exactly how, but there, I think it was, I I just, I felt drawn to the passage to reading about Jesus's birth. Mm -hmm. And what, it was like your eyes opening, you know, and reading it for the first time and looking at it differently. And, and it was like, oh my goodness, Jesus, who is my personal saviour, who I love and worship, um, he was born in the most unconventional fashion yeah. <laughs> and had a father who was not biologically his father. Yeah. Like, And here I am worrying about how I'll be judged by people if I did this, that, the other, or is it right or wrong? Or, you know, and actually coming back, coming back to Jesus was really important for me. And obviously I know other people have different interpretations yeah. of this, but it's really interesting that Mary, Mary was important to you. And she was yeah. important 
um, to me in that sense. Okay. And obviously moving forward, you know, I had my daughter and I named her Miriam. Yeah. It was just very significant for me yeah. because I was so drawn to it. And, you know, it's a, it's a it's the only chapter, it's the only yeah, chapter mm. in the Quran that is named after and dedicated to one of the women in Islam. So all the other well-known, pious women, they don't actually have that. So yeah. it just shows her significance in Islam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That I think a lot of people, it's not that they don't know, they don't realise sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And names are very important. Names are so significant, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, Nisa, I remember chatting to you. I think maybe it was a similar prayer or like it so it's a prayer of Rosina if I correct me if I'm wrong it's been such a long time I used to pray it quite a lot it was one where the prophet Zachariah yes the Zora Maryam so prophet Zachariah prayed was it prophet no he prayed to God he prayed to God and God bestowed him a son later on in life in his old age yeah. of prophet Yahya yeah yeah and um so he said to he prayed to God and he said you know what is best for me so and later on when in his old age that's when he was bestowed with prophet Yahya and I and I felt that those passages really soothed me because ultimately like Rosina said I let God decide what was best for me and I put my faith and trust in God and and I also and on the 27th holy nights during Ramadan and I remember weeping and praying and saying to God you know what you know what is best for me if I'm destined to have children let me feel like some kind of content or some kind of relief or feeling and I remember waking up that and following morning feeling relieved and I knew on that day the next day that I was going to have children I just had this feeling and that contentment helped me through the whole of my IVF journey because I knew I was going to have children and it was my faith and it was through the Surat Marian passages that helped me through it it really did and I think without my religion I don't think I could have overcome this I mm. think I would have been an absolute emotional disaster mm. do you think it has refined your faith though like it, going through definitely, that definitely because in every aspect of our life now and I always constantly say God do you know what you know what's best for me I don't know what's best mm. for me you know I leave all my decisions to that so yeah mm. you know a lot of people could argue and they could say well it wasn't God that helped you bring your child into the world it was science mm. But actually, it was science and God. Yeah. It was God who led me to that. So, well, did God not give that knowledge? Yeah. Like, you know, like to you know those people, I mean? or gift those people with those skills, and yeah, yeah, it you was, could follow that train. Of it was God who said to me, "No, go. It's it's right. It's right mm. for you. It's okay. You know, it, it doesn't matter what X, Y, and Z thinks. You know." Um, but ultimately, I, Rosina, for that embryo to form, that's an act of miracle. Yeah. Like for that to like stick onto you, like you said. That's nothing to do with science. Science says this is the bit we can do. The rest is all up to God. to God. That's all up to God. And that's yeah. the magical bit because that's the bit like, oh, God, who's going to help me now? No one. This is the bit where you pray and you pray your heart out. Mm. And, you know, you pray for the best decision. That's what you ultimately mm. pray for. And I know there's so many people around the world where it hasn't worked out for them. And, you know, you look at maybe that's what the best thing for them was as well, not to go through this because maybe they've found something that was even better. Well, we always, I think, like, we won't always know why things have happened. Yeah. Like, mm. until, you know, until we come face to face with God, it's not, we won't always know, will we? But I think it's that that desire to do 
to do right before God, to follow God's will, and yeah. also not to deny. I think something happens for people of faith who deny struggle, like because you're kind of suppressing it, aren't you? And and actually, you don't allow God to be at work in your life if you're doing it all within your own control. It's all down to me, and this like actually relinquishing that is quite freeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think personally, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, um, thinking it through. What do you think has been the most comfort or most help that your religion has given to you in this? Well, I was just about to say, and I'm glad you've said that now anyway, um, you've asked. A lot of people, when we were going through our process, that didn't even know we were going through IVF because it was something that we just weren't allowed to discuss. Mm. Um, would say, you know, that these are the two sayings that really stuck with me and um, they're from the Quran. And they basically mean one of them is Allah is the best of planners. Yeah. Um, and verily with every hardship comes ease. And I really struggled with the second one because I didn't understand why we were going through that hardship and why so and so wasn't. Because what we could see with so and so is that they had children or they had the house. They were they had that life that we so were desperate to have. And it's a bit like looking at, you know, when you, when you talk about social media, people will only post what they want you to see. Yeah. And you only really see what you want to see when it comes to a person or a couple mm. or a family. You don't really know what happens behind those closed doors. Yeah. You don't know what their struggles are. And I really, really struggled with that. And I remember after my first failed attempt at IVF, um, my mum had come, my mum and dad both came over that day and I was so upset. I cried and I cried. And my mum said to me, it's okay, it's okay, let this out, I want you to now, I want you to go, I want you to talk to God. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to talk to him. I'm so angry with him, I said to her. And she said to me, don't you dare say that, you can't be angry with God. And I just thought to myself, well, why can't I be angry with God? Mm. And that night, I remember I sat, and I sat on our prayer mat, and I was praying. And I, I, I remember I bowed down, and I had my head to the ground, and I, I just, I, I had it out with him. Mm. And I know that sounds really unconventional, but actually that made me feel so much more better because I told him what I wanted. And I was I, I was angry, just to be clear, because I didn't get what I wanted. I was almost that child having that tantrum. Mm. And after I had that out and I let it out and I, I just felt so much more at peace. Mm. Um, and I woke up the next morning and actually, I, you know, I, I felt like, well, actually, no, it wasn't the right time for us. Mm. and I do I am a true believer that God has things planned in different ways for everybody so f for for me I, I I was very lucky me and my husband we, we bought our house mm. and we got a house first and then we got Miriam whereas lots of people will have their children first and then they'll have a house or mm. a car or whatever it is mm. so that they, they, they're, they're the two things that really stuck I think that's so helpful though to talk about being angry and being given permission to be angry with God like for me that we have the book of Psalms which is a book full of poetry ultimately but it's like either poetry of thanksgiving or lament or there's differing ones and the lament was so important to me because they're things like why God have you forsaken me and I could read that and say it and shout it and it was so so helpful because you are angry and it's not that you think God's not a good God it's that actually you're angry at your situation and you, if you don't let that out it's going to go somewhere and it's probably not going to be a good place 
And if you think about like what Rosina said, God loves you 70 times more than your mum. That's how we view it as Muslims. That's how much God loves us. And that's what we've got to think of that love. And when you sometimes, when you're angry, you do tend to be angry towards your mum, the first person in your life, because that's who raised you. And, you know, the people that you love the most are the people that you're angry towards. So to be angry and allow yourself to be angry like that is you're allowed to. You're allowed to expose your emotions because you're mm. going through this journey I remember I went from the most unfortunate person, oh, no, look at her, she can't have any children too. Oh, my God, she just had a boy and a girl. Oh, my God, how how spoiled is she? And I remember going from the opposite of emotions after I had Aziza Ibrahim and lots of people were like, that's so unfair. How, did, how come she had a boy and a girl? And I remember feeling like complete opposite. Like I went from being thankful, even though I was in that situation, to being even more thankful so to have a girl and a boy, I sometimes feel like I did. People view it as you didn't deserve it. Oh, I, I, I don't know. It's just it's very like. Is that how you interpret yeah, some of the? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but for me, it's like I've become to be. Never a day goes past that I'm not thankful for having Aziza and Ibrahim, a girl and a boy, and it is absolutely like the luck of having a girl and a boy. It wasn't my choice. Mm. It wasn't my choice. It was God's choice. And I always say, it wasn't my choice. Even if I had one daughter, I would have been happy. Even if it was one son, I would have been happy. And do you know what? If it was meant to not be, ultimately, I would have gone on, got on with my life as well. There was nothing I could have done. Mm. So, And I think that's. I think it's really good that you've brought up the, the idea of being thankful. Mm. Um, and that's another thing that has really brought me closer to my faith yeah, yeah. is I found that actually I was only really turning to God when I needed something. Yeah. But I was never coming back to say, thank you. I'm grateful. Or actually, thank you for allowing me to go through this journey to learn so much more about myself, Absolutely. to learn to be patient, um, to learn that actually you you you, you, you do these, these there are miracles yeah. you know and to bring me closer to people around me my husband mm. you know and you know infertility can be a make it or break it like you had said previously you know mm. and that was tough on us so I think it's really key yeah. to be thankful you appreciate the smallest smallest things and to be thankful for the smallest things and it does absolutely right yeah it's funny because I think like uh, gratitude and thankfulness it again it's woven through the bible as well like if in anything you give thanks you know and and that's ultimately the act of communion mm-hmm. is Jesus showing us how to give thanks as well and I think that that's the thing that probably I've taken away as well is trying to be thankful for the small things you know like because it isn't just about getting my shopping list of things that I needed from God that doesn't work I know that now that isn't how I engage with God as much as I tell him the things that I'm hoping for it's more I start with thanksgiving because Mm. now even when I'm in my lowest moments of struggling with something I try and look for something to be thankful for because there will always be something absolutely and it makes your whole outlook on life different yeah you definitely get to know yourself. Mm. You definitely get to know your character, your strengths and flaws for this journey. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know when, when, I, when I pray to God and I, I'm thankful and I'm grateful and I ask, I always say to God, I'm so inferior to you. I'm just one mere human being on this earth that you, you've put on this earth. 
amongst so many others I don't even know if I am in a position where I should be able to ask because I'm so inferior to you because you are such an amazing is this spirit being whatever mm. you want to call it but this is what I am grateful for and I'm thankful for but this is also what I want mm. you know and that's the thing it's knowing how to well it's awe and wonder isn't it when you actually put that in perspective um on ch- at church on Sunday um I went in the evening and Ellis and another lady were running a session about and it was prayer and one of the things we did is this type of prayer where everyone prays out loud at the same time so you get this cacophony of noise and Ellis was sort of saying isn't it funny that we couldn't hear each other but God heard each one of our voices wow. and it's such a great example of that like such a beautiful example we are, he, yeah. we're heard yeah. we're heard and I just love that and the value and the life of every human being is so sacred mm. but we try and understand yeah. God in human terms yeah yeah. so we will never understand it like why yeah. are we trying to do that? that that's where that you know the, the bitterness had come from previously from me because it was like well why didn't you hear me yeah because we make God in our image. Yeah. We imagine God will react the way we react. Yeah. That He and unless we learn who He is and spend time with Him, how would we know? You know, like we won't. We won't know that. But yeah. So final thing then, because we'll draw it to an end. Um for people going through this who are at the beginning of their journeys, what would be your advice, top tips, the thing to get them through it? Go on, Lisa. I would say talk through it as a couple first. You're you're in it together. Whatever the outcome, it's together. You know, go through what Rosina said. The NHS what offer you counselling. Go for it. Talk about it. Let it out. Um, be open with families, whether it's through social media, whether it's through just calling everybody around and saying, "This is where we're at. This is where we don't want. This is what we are." Um, and to just literally. Be yourselves. Allow every emotion. If you feel angry, feel angry. Don't be sorry. Mm. Um, and you're going to really learn about yourself. And I think when you do it together as a couple, that's what will make you become come out of it even stronger. Mm. That's really I think it's really key as well to make sure that your own personal mental health and your well-being is secure because you need to make sure that that you're strong in that area because infertility I'm not even talking about IVF now I'm just talking about infertility it it, it's it's a a big punch in the face Mm. Um, and if it's something that you're not expecting and it's something that you have to face it's something you really need to be prepared for if you are someone who is already at that stage where you know that it's something you're going to combat you know then as a couple or as an individual, you really need to now think about what makes you happy mm. and what your priorities really are. And sometimes just writing things down helps. Writing things down, screwing up that piece of paper, chucking it away sometimes helps. If you don't feel like you want to talk to somebody about it, that is a really good way of dealing with things. Mm. So the expression of it. Yeah. So just look after your mental health and your well-being first and foremost before anything else. Mm. And I think, um, so I wholeheartedly agree with all of that. And I would say, like, as people of faith in particular, where you will struggle is feeling unsure of who you are if you're not becoming a mum or, you know, and therefore looking for your identity in God, not in the things of this world in terms of being a parent does not define you. What is most important is who who God made you. Um, 
thank you so much for doing this thank you i i love like so to be honest these are the kind of chats we end up in all the time yeah naturally and i love that and i and i have learned so much from you guys and our other friends like just about what it means to be a muslim it means so much to me to know how faithful you are and to and that there's so many similarities between our religions so much as people of faith how we choose how to live our lives and make decisions and I could not be more grateful. Like, I wouldn't have got through what we went through without you. I think it's the same with us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's really, I think we're so lucky. I, I'm not going to say it's, we're un, it's unfortunate that we had to go through yeah. the infertility journey. We're actually really fortunate that we went through it together. Yeah. Um, and that's God again, isn't it? Until God put us together. Journey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And actually bringing you to be able to have someone who can just understand makes such a difference yeah because we're so open and so expressive about it we don't hide it i think that's from being teachers probably but i would like you to do harder hugs anisa okay i try my best your your hugs are a bit limp they're too limp like pat pat on the back i just i need harder hugs please um anyways thank you so much thank you Uh, you. and do get in touch with us if you've got any feedback you know where to find us on facebook and instagram um and saltwaterandhoney.org and thank you for listening Bye. bye bye